Welcome everyone to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. We're back to bring you a brand new episode and sort of the conclusion of last episode's issue. There was a cliffhanger. Madrox went for those Thin Mints and got gassed. Yeah, I did. Um, do Thin Mints give you gas? No. I did go through a lot of them, though. Yeah. It's very hard to stop at just, like, three. When they're in season. I mean, we're talking about this like it's fruit. But when, when those Girl Scout cookies are in season, you have to strike while the iron is hot. Although Keebler makes some very convincing fake cookies... The grasshoppers? They, yeah. My so, grandma went through a phase of those. So there are the grasshoppers. There are, like, fake caramel delights slash Samoas, whichever oh. bakery you get them from, that are pretty decent as well because those are my favorite. Um, I think they obviously saw there was a market for them. And I wonder why they played nice for so long before they did their own versions. Because it's the Girl Scouts, probably. True. Like, they're a good organization. Yeah, not like the Boy Scouts. Yeah. Yeah. We stand Girl Scouts of America. And their ancestors' girl guides. Mm. They still have my grandma's pocket knife when she was a girl guide. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I thought it was my grandpa's, and I looked at the thing and said girl guides. And you're like, nope, that definitely was not grandma. Or grandpa. Right. Yeah. So, uh, this is issue uh, 15. 15? 6? 15. What does it say on the cover? 15. 15, great. And someone is back in black. I think it's a spider thing. Yeah, I think it's when Spider-Man went back to the symbiote suit that he first got in Secret Wars. Oh. Maybe. That would make sense. I still have not read Secret Wars. Well, uh, this is the original Secret Wars, not the Hickman Secret Wars. The, from the 80s. The 80s one is what got you back into comics? No. The second one was? Yeah, Hickman. Um, the original is... Secret Wars 2 is terrible. Like... Like a fun terrible? Or just oh terrible? no, like it sucked. Oh no. Um, shout out to The Avenging Hour because I recently listened to some of their episodes from years ago where they were just dreading the coming of Secret Wars and... It certainly holds true. There were tie-in issues in every single title. Oh, no. Like, the X-Men ones made no sense. Like, all of a sudden, Uncanny X-Men is taking this sharp left turn for a tie-in issue. It's sort of like how the moon has been destroyed in one of the Marvel Fantastic Four, yeah. And yet the summers still live on it. Yes. That's fun. Except it... That's just a lack of cohesion. Secret Wars 2, like, they really tried to make it something. Oh. And it was not good. The Beyonder is around doing stuff. It's... Oh. I feel like we listened to it coming back from one of the Star Trek gays' place. Hmm. It was, uh... February of 2007. No, this is March. This is March of 2007. We go by when the... The cover date is yes they're promoting something because uh, i i know that says february of 2007 is when back in black is happening that's because magazines go on sale months before their actual printed date we go by the printed date because it'd be way too confusing for me to figure out when the hell these came out in actuality like when they hit the stores like 
the anatomy of these comics is confusing. Yes. So, um, March of 2007, for our pop culture pop-up, the first item, Kira Knightley turns 22. How old is this bitch? Like, was she, like, three in Pirates of the Caribbean? Like, she seems so much more mature. Maybe it was the dress. No. I don't know. Like, Pirates of the Caribbean was 2003? When was Love Actually? I don't know. I feel like we 2005? Still... 2004? Somewhere around there. Oh. So if Kira Knightley is turning 22 in 2007, that means she was 7... 18? 17 when filming Pirates of the Caribbean? That means she's only... Or 16? Like, What? How old was Orlando Bloom? I'm looking at that relationship all sorts of different now in that movie. Yeah. She's only a year older than us. Yeah. We would have been turning 21 that spring. Wow, Keira Knightley. And she was the stand-in for Natalie Portman in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Oh. To the point where I think it was Phantom Menace. So, and Natalie Portman was going to Harvard at that time, and she would just, like, not be in some scenes and have Keira Knightley stand in for her. Oh, good for Keira Knightley. Yeah, so she's, like, the stand-in slash a handmaiden for Queen Amidala. Was she the one that got shot in that, um... No, the explosion, no. That was not. She was not Dorme. Mm. So, what... Hey, Keira Knightley, still doing the damn thing. Yeah. I, I don't know what she did most recently. I should look her up because I legit do really like her as an actress. Wasn't there some meme of where, like, of her getting a script and like, this is not a period drama, I don't want it. Yes. <laughs> um, she was great in The Duchess as well with Ralph Fiennes. Oh, I have not seen that. Yes. You love your English history movies. I do. And she played basically the ancestor of Princess Diana. Oh. Yeah. It was the Duchess... It wasn't Marlborough, because that's from the Queen's favorite... Or the favorite. That's yes. Marlborough. Um, that was Rachel Weisz. Yes. Also good it, for her with Daniel Craig. It, it True. Like, Rachel Weisz. Jackpot. Like, she's beautiful, talented, and what a hubby. Yeah, I loved her in The Mummy. Um, in terms of uh, hip-hop, Bow Wow is no longer Lil Bow Wow. He's just Bow Wow. Oh, he all growed up. He growed up, and he decided just to not change his name from Bow Wow. Hmm. I guess maybe it's bankable. Huh? We have not heard from Lil Bow Wow in recent years. No. I wonder what he's doing. The song of the month is Gym Class Heroes' Cupid's Chokehold, which samples Breakfast in America by Supertramp. I probably have heard that song. Yeah, it was all over. And it was like a hard sample of Breakfast in America. So much so that I think they had to credit Supertramp (laughs) as like co-artist on the song. Oh, wow. Like, not even songwriting credit. I wonder if Madonna had to do that with Hung Up and Abba. 
I know she had to get special permission oh. because Abba does not allow sampling. Like, it is a hard no when people approach them, but because it's Madonna. Okay. I think they're like, sure, you can do it. Oh, good for Madonna. Yeah. And it, do you know, because your birthday happened this month in March 2007. Yeah. Do you know what, who you share a birthday with? Uh, Mariah Carey? Yes, that's one of them on the list. You share a birthday with Mariah Carey. And I think Napoleon? Or either that or Napoleon is just an Aries like I am. Napoleon would not be in the pop culture pop-up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked who I share a birthday He can't with. even pop up, he's so short. <laughs> look at him making everyone bow down to him when they look at his tomb. And... Um, the other one is Fergie. Oh. Fergie Ferg. The Duchess, as she calls herself sometimes. Speaking of duchesses. Didn't she and Josh Duhamel break up not that long ago? Yeah, I mean, Minnesota native, Josh Duhamel. Oh, hunky. He was in one of those soaps way back when. They would always, like, come back here for holidays and things. Oh. Like, Fergie was a frequent spotting in Minnesota, I feel. Oh, I did not know that. Like, they would fly into Minneapolis, I think. Because I don't think... And then go up north. I don't think they'd fly into Fargo. No one wants to fly into Fargo. It's true. So that that's pop culture. I mean, you're celebrating your birthday in this month when this issue is street-dated. Yeah, I went to the green and had pictures of Blue Moon. And then, like the beer? Uh, yes. Oh, I, I thought to, you like, meant, like, pictures, not pictures. Oh, no, pictures, like... Like, I thought you were photographing beer, and I'm like, oh, no. The In the town I went to college in, there was a really good bar, or a bar that had really good fish tacos. And then we had that, we had Blue Moon. I had to lay down in a park because I was tipsy, and then, like, everything was doing this spinny thing, and when you're looking up at the stars through tree branches and it's doing this spinny thing, it's, like, a whole experience. Oh, so. so you had a great 21st. I was like a little bit after. Actually, cool. that's, that would be an appropriate anecdote for the next episode, <laughs> since it would have been a few days after, which would have put it into April. Oh. But that's okay. Fun yeah. times. So this issue... Multiple where, issues. Yes, are. is part two of multiple issues, and the first one is Jamie getting offloaded from... Some sort of helicarrier? Or just helicopter? Just a, just a helicopter. Just a helicopter. But there's six of them, plus the little girl, who we discover is 27. It, six of who? Six people. So it's a little, seems large for a helicopter. Six hydras. Yes. Well, five hydras plus Jamie. Okay. Equals six. And he's strapped to, like, one of those upright, wheeling gurneys. Yeah, they... Must have figured out that impact is what creates a dupe, and they are not taking any chances. Mm. He is strapped in. Yeah. He has got those big mitten things for his hands. I imagine there's a lot of foam in there. Probably, so he can't click his fingers together. Right. Um, and yeah, there's like different kinds of hydra. There seem to be some medic science-y hydras with like... If it was Star Trek, it would be, like, the Scort uniforms. Oh. And then there's, like, the hunkier combat Soldiers, yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. Look at them having layers. They have uh, 
an actual structure to things, which is somewhat surprising. Yeah. I Well, maybe not surprising. I mean, it's fucking Nazis, so... Yeah, but you wouldn't really expect them to have uniform differences based on department. True. That's a whole lot of speculation that we just did, but that's okay. Yep. So what's happened up until now? And this first part of the paragraph, I think, relates to this and the next issue. Okay. Stuff happened with Guido, Rain, and Richter in the previous issue, but none of them are in this issue, so it's really not relevant. You want to know what happened? Go buy the issue. That's fair. And, yes. Peter David getting those coins. Yeah. Monet and Siren were steamed with each other upon discovering that Jamie and a dupe, or maybe just the dupe, had slept with both of them. With Layla providing vague threats that she would take action if they didn't mend fences, Monet suggested a shopping trip to Paris, which Siren took her up on. After a talk with Doc Samson, Jamie decided to start gathering in his remaining wayward dupes. His first endeavor didn't end particularly well as he was caught out in S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and given a dressing down by former boss Val Cooper. Val Cooper! Things only went from bad to worse, however, as he was captured just outside S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ by Hydra operatives and whisked away into the next issue. And here he is. Yeah. Strapped in into a large warehouse. Yeah. Possibly a Kmart that has since gone out of business. Oh, R.I.P. Kmart. And he's trying to make light of the situation. So, take him to Doc Lock so the procedure can begin. And he's like, you're kidding. Doc Lock? I'm in shock. Bet he's a crock. What, you don't want to hear me mock Doc Lock? Har har. Yeah. So it's Jamie being Jamie, and Doc Log, creepy, creepy man. Yeah, and we discover that this is the person responsible for Strong Guy's brainwashing. Yeah. He had worked with SI, and this little girl character says uh, that he did some work on your friend, Mr. Carousella. Ew. And that means that singularity is hydra adjacent and that's not a surprise no so creepy and i feel like jamie goes through a little tonal shift Hmm. instead of mocking he's like can't wait to meet him he's going to do bad things to this doctor yeah and the doctor like of course he has a cane of course he has a black trench coat why wouldn't he he's very uh stereotypical evil right like the only thing that's missing is him being backlit and smoking he kind of reminds me uh, like if he had some creepy glasses and maybe a hat he'd be the evil guy from roger rabbit does that person look like the evil guy from indiana jones yeah tote yes yes yeah totally giving those vibes and I can't figure out from the dialogue if Doc Locke thinks that this is the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Madrox or Madrox Prime. Oh. Because he keeps referring to Madrox Prime as if he's talking to S.H.I.E.L.D., but then he knows that... They they think that they kidnap S.H.I.E.L.D. Madrox. I thought dupes couldn't create dupes. They No, they captured him in the last issue coming out of S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. So they assume... The Jamie Madrox they saw and captured is the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. That was their aim. Oh, okay. Because it's things like, so I hear Madrox Prime, in quotation marks, has quite a few rattling 
characters rattling around in his head. I suspect you do as well. Which is weird. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Like, why they think that he could, like, get his, like, duplicate. Why are they just misinformed or what? They must be. Um, because they have that line, so, like, clearly talking to Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and maybe then, they just want to experiment? I don't know, there's something else in there that made me think that it was actually... They probably were experimenting to try and get him to manifest that power then. Maybe, but we'll get to it later. I, I have a theory when it comes to uh, Doc Locke saying something like, This is unexpected. Yeah. Or I didn't anticipate this, so maybe. Yeah, they must have. They mu- they must know that they have shield or think that they have the shield. Yes, like, and then whatever happens later is a bonus. Yeah. Okay. So Jamie is strapped in tight, and he gets this funky helmet that has multiple eye things sticking out of it. Dear listener. Asta the Rescue Bunny has emerged from her cottage. <laughs> she has a habit of hopping up and deleting our recording, so... So we're going to make sure she stays busy elsewhere. Yes. If you hear some ba-dumps, ba-dumps, you know why. <laughs> so, so Jamie's being being brainwashed with a helmet. Yes, and the last panel on that page is him being... Yarrr. Yeah. So it is clearly not a pleasant experience. Which then... We're in Paris. Yeah. So before we recorded and I was giving Daryl the rundown, I'm like, this issue is really good in the sense that it transitions from A plot to B plot through the use of similar words. And so on the previous page, Jamie ends it with, yar. And on this page, it begins with, ha 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 Like both in big colorful letters. And now we're transitioning to Monet and Siren. Mm. They're at a cafe, Café de Flore, and Monet is recounting one of her experiences where princes were hanging off of each of her arms. I'm pretty sure this would be Prince William and Harry. They dropped their dates, and... Sorry, Kate. (laughs) And just hung out with Monet all, all night. And, yeah... It's a really fun scene where they're actually talking with one another and hanging out. It so, is. So uh, the plane ride over there must have done wonders. Or at least been so awkward that they have now transitioned to finding other things to talk about. Yeah. But it's bubbling back to the surface because Monet says, The toast of two continents, royalty falling all over me. And whom do I bed? Jamie Madrox. <laughs> that might be fine for you, but... And then Siren calls her out on that. You mean fine for you, it's slumming. Oh, it's it's slumming for you, but it's okay for me. As a peasant. Yes. And, and Monet's, Monet's like, well, well, yeah. I wasn't exactly saying that, but on second thought, I guess I was. And then they come to the conclusion that Monet is not really going to apologize for that. Mm-hmm. That would be out of character. Um, so Siren says, no problem, comma, skank. And Monet says, what's that? And Siren says, no problem, thanks. Yeah. So they're both giving and getting, and I think they're coming to a rapport. Yeah. Which is nice. 
They're like mean bitchy friends to one another right now. Yes. And they've gone shopping, so this is them just chilling after a little shopping spree. Yes. But trouble comes to find them. Yeah, of course it does. They smell burning, they go running over, and they there's... Hopefully it's a straw person burning an effigy in front of this building. And there's some French happening. Mm. I still love that moment in Candide where... Christian Chenoweth is singing, and it's like a beautiful aria in Paris, France. <laughs> and this person saying, yeah, there are depowered mutants here. They might have their powers, and we are going to burn them out. Rude. Yes. So it seems they have an issue over in France where it's former mutants, just like in New York, you have mutant town. And there's a lot of agitation around that. Same thing in Paris. Yes, exactly that. And Monet ends the stint of pages with, apparently the norms have noticed and they showed up to slap them around. And on the next page, what do we get? Madrock's getting slapped. Yeah, it's him inside of this simulation where it's his parents accosting him. Yeah, and they... It's his parents who we... lying around. We know that they're dead. From the tornado. Caused by one of the trips. Yes. R.I.P. To the Madrox family. Yes. So he's just like... It's generalized. You were never good enough. You're a freak. You killed us. Yes, that sort of stuff that he's being tortured with. Yeah. And it's his mom just slapping him across the face. As he is tied up. Yep, as like a scarecrow. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with a good metaphor for scarecrow is the makes yeah. the most sense. Which relates to the effigy. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's tonally the artist speaking to one another. And there are all these dupes laying on the ground around which I couldn't quite figure out until later in the dialogue um but then so it's more than just his mom slapping him then his dad shows up with a whip and we got Jamie off panel screaming yarg yeah so uh, it's extreme punishment it is and now we get the yarg but from the outside now with the little girl and Doc Locke the little woman. Yeah. Um, Since she is not a girl. She's 27. She is. And so Doc Locke says Madrox's strength comes from his numbers, obviously. By mentally splitting him off more and more, I weaken his core personality. So that makes the image of all those dupes lying on the ground make sense, because they're all those outer layers being beaten back. And now it's just the core personality trussed up there. Yeah. So, we also learned that there's a time uh, anomaly, so things are happening faster inside the helmet. Yeah. It can be hours outside and weeks for the person wearing the helmet. Mm. So, Mandrox is in there for a while. It's like that episode of DS9, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek, for everyone listening, where Miles O'Brien is in prison. Yeah. And serves, like, a lifetime sentence in, like, a week. Yes. And then is returned, and then has all sorts it's of fallout. So, so messed up. But at least DS9 referenced it in an episode or two later. It's not like Voyager, where 
things reset and it's a ready for a new app. So, yeah, Doc Lock doesn't even know what's happening inside the helmet. Mm-hmm. He knows the general principle that um, his sub, whatever it is that it lets his Madbox's subconscious do all the heavy lifting of this brainwashing. And the little woman is like, 85% of Americans hate their job. I suspect you're not among them. And Doc Locke just turns and says, you're quite right. He loves what he does. We're back in Paris. And there's someone from a window yelling, en français, allez-vous, aka, get out right now. Mm. And someone threw a tomato in her face. Oh. Rude. Um, and so, they, Siren and Monet can't stand it. Siren goes off. She's eating all over the place. Yeah. And people with their guns out, and Monet jumps in, as she is bulletproof. But then, in the inset, she is shocked and saddened. One of the bullets bounced off of her and hit her Victor Mayer Fabergé egg. Yeah, she's pissed. She is about to come for them. She is. It really reminds me of Spaceballs. When the princess gets her hair singed, I think. Something like that. Yes. But, like, Monet's facial facial expression is great. Like, before she's calm and cool and collected, and now she's just, like, snarling hand in a claw. Yeah, she was really sort of the voice of reason, like, okay, maybe we shouldn't really get deep in this. Then the shooting starts, and she is still like, I can deflect these bullets. It's yeah. not that big of a deal, but fuck with her egg. Yes, her fabric. And you're going to catch those fists. <laughs> so, I also feel like it's a callback to Penance. I feel like Penance has the big claws. But I have to read Generation X. Sort of. You still don't get a whole lot. Like, nothing is super 100% clear to me about oh. Monet. Like... It's very convoluted. And Penance is still somewhere inside of her. We learned that from her session with Doc Samson. We really should see if Cerebro has an episode about <laughs> Monet to help us out on this front. Yeah. I, for now, just take Monet as she is in this book. Fabulous. Because th- that's what Peter David intended. You shouldn't need a whole bunch of history that's to true. enjoy these characters. That is true. And I do enjoy Monet. So she is menacing this person who is shooting at her. And then the police arrive, and Teresa's like, oh, they're here. Like, we should follow their instructions. We shouldn't become, like, those mutants. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Monet sort of goes along with it. She sort of has bought in, but not quite. And then we find out... That the brainwashing is complete. We yeah. get a Madrox in the hunky soldier outfit. And he's standing in this big warehouse. So they were in like some anteroom for the torture. Right. And now the lab. There's always a lab. There is. And now they're in this big hangar bay where there are soldiers sort of standing guard. And we have the woman, Doc Locke. And 
one Madrox. Right. And the original plan for brainwashing this shield, Jamie, mm-hmm. was to get him to infiltrate shield and then wreak havoc. Right. But instead, Doc Locke is like, maybe we should reconsider this plan. Like, he may be a better soldier than infiltrator. Hmm. When you look at it in terms of quantity versus quality. So this is him still assuming that a dupe can duplicate itself. Right. Yeah, because he hits the dupe with the cane. There's a woomph. And then there are two. And all sorts of stuff, like... Imagine him holding a nuclear device. Make a duplicate, you get a whole new one. And the 27-year-old, who apparently might be the leader, the way that Doc Lock is deferring to her, Mm. is like, how is that remotely possible? And Doc Lock is like, I'm honestly not sure. Same. Yeah. But that's just how his powers work. And that's what we just accept. So... So inside Jamie's mind, he's still seeing his parents telling him, like, he's bad. Yeah. And that if you're ever going to grow up, you're going to have to take matters into your own hands. Like, you know what you have to do. And what he has to do is punish himself. So in his mind, he slaps himself. And then suddenly there are four Jamies. And... The leader's like, did you know he's going to do that? And Doc Lock says, that was a little unexpected. And it, the interesting thing is that these dupes are sharing basically a hive mind at this point. Like Jamie Prime and whatever he's spawning. Right. But also, if you notice, it's doubling in size every time. So right. dupes can spawn dupes? Maybe this is like... Iceman and is not really realizing what he can do and what his potential is. Maybe. Oh. Asta, the rescue bunny, will not be stomping on any keyboards in the near future because she is very asleep for an afternoon nap. Is she... So our normal bunny... Not our normal bunnies. Our other bunnies, when they flop, they normally will kick out their legs but then be upright. And Asta the Rescue Bunny has done a roll flop, but stayed rolled. She is on her side. Her mouth is doing little mop-mop as she does her little bun-bun dreams. Yes. So. Um, not a dream is how these multiple men are multiplying exponentially. I'm bad. So, so bad. Can we go from 4 to 8 to 16? And yeah, they... I don't think the first slap was physical. It might have been. Um, But then in the other images, you see them all slapping themselves. And that's the impact that creates more. And (laughs) the Hydra folks are like, ah, well, um, maybe we should stop this. (laughs) Lock, someone help. Because in this big abandoned Kmart, there are... There's only so much room. Yeah. And as these Madroxes keep duplicating, they are crushing the Hydra people around them. And he, Doc Locke yells, do something, stop him. And they shoot, try to shoot the original. And then, like, which one is the original? I don't know. And yeah, there's... Mad- Madrox just keeps saying, so very, very, very bad. 
and keeps slapping, and you just get this image of a sea of dupes it, crushing yeah. the Hydra agents. And a surprising Bowflex ad. <laughs> so now we get... Oh, Monet and Terry are in a French jail. And Terry has the only suitable place to sit. And Monet is like, you cannot expect me to sit on that poopy toilet. Because there's there are things on that toilet yeah. seat. And... <laughs> Terry's like, calm down. She's like, you calm down. And Terry's like, I actually am calm. So, and then Monet starts poking holes in their plan to go along with the authorities and like that it made sense at the moment to try and not become those mutants, but really they should have been those mutants. Yeah. And Terry's like, but wait, like mutants have so much negative press. The U.S. has so much negative press, which... Yeah, still does. Yeah. Especially in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. And so they bring this guy in, and Monet and Siren are like, why does he look familiar? Why do we know him? And Monet points out that he was at the demonstration. They want an explanation for what he's doing there. And this guy goes off. He's like, yeah, after you left, we went back. We burned those former mutants out. Yeah. And you can see Siren sort of become horrified in the background, but Monet's face doesn't change as she rips part of the bar out <laughs> off the cell. And just chucks it. And just chucks it at his head. You get a splush and an ugh. Yeah. And Monet's having to explain to Terry, like, what she did, and she's like, I made a political statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, We're back in the Kmart. Yeah. There's a blue light special. Everything... Everything must go. Yes, everything did go. And And S.H.I.E.L.D. is there to collect. Yes. And they're like... They don't even know what happened. Um, They don't think anyone's moving anytime soon. They're like, spread out. Search for survivors. See if you can find who contacted us. And there's Jamie Madrox, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and the, he and meets has, up with Madrox Prime, who is posing as one of the dead bodies, and he's like, "Gotcha," and reabsorbs. Yes, yeah, so he finally like he achieved what he wanted at the beginning of last issue. Finally, yes, tracked down this dupe, reabsorbed yep. him, is slightly more whole than he was before. Yes, except the weird thing is he's in his the shield dupe's clothes. Because the other agent oh. is tra- talking to him. He's like, what is it, Agent Madrox? Did you find someone? Or, And you can tell it's Jamie because he's like, no, my uh, my mistake. Like that sort mm-hmm. of uncertainty in the dialogue. And you get Jamie's square voiceover boxes. Um, I can still hear my S.H.I.E.L.D. agent persona screaming in protest, but that'll fade before long. They always do. And we get the explanation. The more dupes I created, the more it thinned out, lost control, until I finally broke free. All these Hydra agents dead because of me. Frightening. But the most frightening thing of all is I don't feel anything. No regret. No horror. No elation. Just empty. And that's bad. Very, very bad. Which is what he was saying when he was slapping himself. 
A very tight issue. Yes. I thought it was good. Yeah. It was a good sequel to Last Issue. Yeah. It takes care of the cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. It sort of shows another dimension of Jamie's powers, which is fun. Yes. And I liked the relationship building between Terry and Siren. Or between Terry and Monet. Yeah. They uh, did a really good job of uh, keeping the drama going. Like, we don't have resolution yet. With... Between Mad Rocks, Monet, and Terry. Terry and Monet. But yeah, the resolution has happened now between Terry and Monet. Yes, but he has yet to actually deal with whatever happened. Yeah. And it was an issue that focused on just three characters as well. Yeah, which we hadn't gotten much of before. Everything before now was fairly well balanced. Yep. Especially the previous one where you get some dialogue here, you get some dialogue there, you get... A Shatterstar Richter reference that makes Shat- Richter spew his beer. Yes. So I think this is setting up maybe this arc for at least um, the expectation that we're going to have issues where only a few characters appear. Oh, as a transition into this this new plot of yeah. Jamie retrieving his dupes. Because he's going to be solo for a lot of that adventure. That's true. You can't really split off the team because it's such a personal quest. Right. And no one else can track his dupes, really. Although they are private investigators, so you think this should be something. Yeah. All right. Pretty solid issue. Yeah. Recommend it. I would say so. Yeah. Um, Until next time, feel free to check us out on Instagram. We are at X Factor Files Podcast. And you can join the conversation. We post... All the time about not only the week's issue, but random things too. Like when I randomly go to a local comic show here in the <laughs> Twin Cities and find a bunch of dollar comics. A whole box full? Yeah, well, more than a box full. Some of them have been filed. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fun adventures happen all the time. So Plus your regular features with the music, with the magazine. Yeah. Like... What a flashback. Like, these paper comics are giving us a flashback with the Ultimate Alliance number one game. And those magazines that you find where it's like, who's going to be Wolverine? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A time before even X-Men movies existed. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, um, stay safe out there, and we will catch you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.